and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is a sermon for December 15, 2019, the third Sunday in Advent. The sermon is entitled, Be Joyful, Cheer Up, and is based on the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 3 through 4. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hale. And mercy and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, the text for the message comes from our Old Testament reading from Isaiah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to rejoice today as we consider our Savior and his many blessings to us. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, this weekend, uh, around all the world, uh, Christians are lighting that third of the four Advent candles. And that third candle stands out, doesn't it? Because it's usually a different color. A uh, perfect example of that uh, Sesame Street jingle, you know, what, which of these things don't, is not like the other, you know? Uh, that third candle is often pink instead of purple. Uh, some have called that candle the shepherd's candle because that color changes from purple to pink uh, to show how the shepherd's fear was changed to joy at that message. It fits well with that overall theme for this third Sunday in Advent of joy or rejoicing. And today I think it's uh, that we see this in the gospel promises in Isaiah. It's not too hard to understand why, why these words were assigned for this, the third Sunday in Advent. Because eight times in these ten verses, Isaiah talks about uh, a rejoicing or joy or gladness. Now just look at that last verse there. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Near the beginning of the reading, we heard, Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way, say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Even though it's a time of joy for us as we think of this Sunday, sometimes that joy just isn't in our lives, is it? Have you ever been at a point in your life where you said, this just doesn't make any sense at all? Or maybe you've asked the question, why has God allowed this to happen? You know, there are a lot of mysteries surrounding certain events that happen not only in our personal lives or maybe it's in the lives of others or maybe in our community and and in our country. These things defy explanation, so we ask that question, why? You know, just a quick survey of the news can provide any kinds of thing, a list of things to question. Uh, this past week, you know, why, why would a, a, a Saudi soldier welcomed here open fire on a naval base in Florida? How could a tour group on an island off the coast of New Zealand uh, tour the, the crater of this volcano here on Monday and, and where the webcam at the crater uh, took a photo of that group way down in the crater one minute before the volcano erupted? Why did a man uh, this week walk through a Jewish area in New Jersey shooting and targeting Jews? 
We can look at our local paper and see reports of violence and evil. Well, let's sort of bring it a little bit closer to home, right? Why do marriages and families fall apart? Why do they fracture so much so that they do not recover? Why are the lives of children cut short through illness? Why, why do husbands and wives get a disease that keeps them from being that long-term part of their children's lives? You know, the, the, the mystery of human suffering touches us when we least expect it. When we're tired, when we're worn down, when we're worried sick, when we're confused about what to do next, it, it, it makes us restless, doesn't it? It makes us anxious and helpless. Often because we don't know why things have happened. We often don't know what's around the corner. Sometimes it ends up being something, that very thing that will turn our lives upside down and knock us to the ground. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I find myself in the company of the psalm writer in Psalm 22 who says, my God, my God. Later on he says, why are you so far away? I cry out day and night, but you're not answering. In the gospel reading today, we heard John the baptizer is in prison. While there, he's beginning to wonder, why? Why hasn't Jesus acted more like the Messiah he thought Jesus would be? Namely, the kind of Messiah who would come in and, and sift the grain from the chaff, sorting out the righteous from the unrighteous and the evil. The Messiah that's going to come in and, and shake things up and, uh, as, as the old passes away and he brings in the new age. But all John sees is a man walking around and talking and holding babies and eating with sinners and embracing an outcast like prostitutes and cheats, as well as forgiving those sinners. John's confused. He's wondering, uh, what is God really up to? What am I to make of this Jesus? H have I made a mistake? He wants that simple answer to that simple question, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Like John in jail, the people of God in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah, they're captive in Babylon, and they've got questions about God as well. They're so far from their God-given land, and they believe they're, they're so far from God himself. They're losing hope, and they begin to question. Does God love us anymore? Has God given up on us forever? Will God ever show mercy and restore his people to his embrace? Questions, questions, questions. Then comes Isaiah chapter 35, and it is a chapter of hope. Isaiah says, all is not lost. God has not given up on his people. Even the creation is going to react. The, the desert is going to rejoice and burst into a blanket of colorful flowers. The thirsty ground is going to become a happy bubbling streams and lakes. The blind, the deaf, the lame, the mute, they're all going to be healed. and Everlasting joy will crown their heads. And gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. In essence, God is saying, be joyful, cheer up, right? God's telling those who fear that they've been abandoned, I've come to rescue you. I will lead you back home. I'll lead you back home singing and celebrating and shouting because all your sorrows, they have come to an end. God's stepping in. God is stepping in and changing things for those who are at their wit's end. And the message goes on, strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. 
Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come and save you. A, couple cha a few chapters later, Isaiah reminds these overwhelmed and troubled people, Israel, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? How can you say that God refuses to hear your case? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth? He never grows faint. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to those that are tired. He gives power to those that are worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Trust in the Lord and find new strength. Then he records this promise of God from Isaiah 41. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Tim Keller, in his book, Hidden Christmas, uh, writes this. He's, he writes, years ago, I read an ad in the New York Times that said the beginning of Christmas, or the meaning of Christmas, is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace in other words, he writes, we have the light within us, and so we're the ones who could dispel the darkness of the world. We can overcome poverty, injustice, violence, and evil. If we work together, we can create a world of unity and peace. And then he asks the question, can we? Really? He writes, one of the most thoughtful world leaders of the 20th century was uh, Vaclav Havel, the, the first president of the Czech Republic the unique vantage point upon which to peer into socialism and capitalism. And, and he said he was not optimistic that either would by itself solve human problems. He knew that science, unguided by moral, unguided by moral principles, had given us the Holocaust. He concluded that neither technology nor the state nor the market alone can save us. And he said, pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. Havel concluded, Turning, a turning to and seeing of God is needed. The human race constantly forgets that he is not God. You see, Christmas is not about us fixing the world. Not at all. It is about the realization that someone whole with a whole lot more power and might has entered time in history to do just that. To change the hearts of men and women. It may fix parts of the world now but it does most certainly give you and me a certain hope for something in the future, a realization. And that realization of the future promise gives us joy. As I said, this is the third Sunday uh, of Advent. Uh, uh, and, and in Latin, it's a gaudete, which means, means to rejoice. That's why, why the color changes for uh, this weekend. And this reading from uh, the prophet Isaiah is preparing you and me for the coming joy that we're going to celebrate in about a week and a half. God spoke through the prophet and told his people, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Why? Because he was with them when they thought they were alone. And God has spoken even louder to you and me through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God's son, entered our human history and time to become a man so that we might know how much God loves us. And how well he understands our human situation. 
Since Jesus said, I mean, it's no longer possible to say that God is remote or God is far away or that God is silent. Since then, it's no longer possible for anyone to say that God does not care. It's true. People can say God's irrelevant and unnecessary for their lives, but that doesn't change the fact that God is as close to them as their next breath. Some say Jesus doesn't have anything to offer the 21st century person, but that denial doesn't change the reality that he will strengthen the weak hands, that he will make firm the weak knees, that he will bring good news to the poor, that he heals the brokenhearted, that he, that he, that he gives to those who mourn joy and gladness instead of grief, that he gives them a song of praise instead of a song of sorrow. In Jesus, we see that our caring God understands our needs intimately. He knows that we need hope. We need to know that something, uh, there, that something more enduring is beyond the, the, the passing moments of this life that are often filled with trouble and, and sickness and death. He knows we need true peace in our lives, that, that we need His forgiveness, that we need that reconciliation and renewal and the comforting assurance of His presence, even, even when times are dark. In Jesus, we see God's love. His love for us is beyond any kind of superlative that we can come up with. This promise of God Himself is clear and reliable. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. You know, it's true, we don't understand everything that happens in our lives. And like John the Baptizer, we end up getting confused even with more questions. But there is one thing that we do understand. We can trust the Lord who says, be strong, do not be afraid, I will help you. Even in the worst situations, even the most confusing situations, that is our strength, that is our comfort, that he gives strength to the weary, that he increases the power of the weak. And so the, today the prophet Isaiah were called to uh, be joyful, to cheer up, to rejoice. Uh, we're about to celebrate again the joy that is ours in spite of what this world dishes up. God himself has come to earth in flesh in the one whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the joy of Christmas is a joy that's there all year round. I mean, it's not just about happiness that's brushed away with the first bit of sadness or, or stress. It's a joy that comes from hope and peace and love, that comes from knowing that Jesus is right there beside us, even when it seems like the sky is falling. It's the joy of knowing that, that, that He strengthens our weak hands, that He makes firm our weak knees when we are weakest physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Just a moment, let me, uh, let's go back to John the Baptizer sitting in prison. You know, the Gospel writer Matthew, sort of in typical fashion, doesn't really tell us the ending of the story. Uh, he doesn't tell us what happened as John was listening to the report of the messengers who told them that they had been seeing these things, that they had uh, seen the sick being healed, the, the dead being raised to life, the, the, the sinner being forgiven, the outcast being embraced, and the joy of those that felt the love of Jesus. For me, I can almost imagine on, on John uh, John's whiskered face there in prison as he heard those things, maybe just a sort of 
a broad smile starting to appear as he smiled and he heard the words of the prophet Isaiah being fulfilled as he felt his trembling hands being strengthened, as he felt his shaky knees being made strong in his moment of human need in that prison. But more than that, Matthew has shared this story to get you and me to reflect on how knowing Jesus, Savior, Messiah, and King, strengthens our trembling hands and makes our uh, strong, our shaky knees. And when we are downhearted and when everything to us seems hopeless, he causes us to, 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 to reflect and to ask, how has the joy of knowing Jesus changed me? How has it changed the way that I trust in Him even when I don't understand? Have I been in the presence of Jesus to others to strengthen their trembling hands and make strong their shaky knees? Have I shared with them that joy of forgiveness and eternal life in Jesus? I'll read that text again, this time from another translation, the contemporary English version that says, Here is a message for all who are weak, trembling and worried. Cheer up. Don't be afraid. Your God is coming. There is so much that seeks to get us to look away from the source of our joy. Jesus is the joy that overcomes everything. So be joyful. Cheer up. Your God has arrived. And He is with you. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.